Welcome to Many Voices, One Community, DLA Piper's DNI podcast series. My name is Seema Kulkarni, and I am an of counsel at DLA Piper's Philadelphia office and an active member of the firm's Asian American Pacific Islander Resource Group. And I'm Bonnie Lee Wolf, president and board member of the National Asian Pacific American Bar Association, also known as NAPAWA, and the former president of the Asian Pacific American Bar Association of Central Ohio. Bonnie, thank you so much for taking the time to sit down with us to discuss your work at NAPAVA and the challenges the Asian American Pacific Islander community faces today. My pleasure, and thank you to you and to DLA Piper for its commitment to DNI and especially engaging in this dialogue that's such an important issue for NAPAVA and the AAPI community. Thank you. As we get started, could you first please share with us the overall mission and work of NAPAVA? NAPAPA is the preeminent professional development organization, and it's a voice for 50,000 Asian Pacific and Pacific Islander attorneys, judges, law professors, and law students. We're an inclusive organization that's focused on equality, community, advocacy, and the health and wellness of our members. What are NAPAPA's current priorities? So currently, NAPAPA is focused on connecting with our members online, particularly during this pandemic, and then providing information and resources to help navigate the challenges faced with coronavirus. In addition, we're looking to work on the advocacy front, especially with the emergence of the coronavirus that's led to an increase of acts of hate and discrimination targeting the Asian American and Pacific Islander community. Also, given this new virtual realm, we are working on facilitating groups. Uh, that's through our Zoom account. We are having different happy hours, being webinars. We've actually quadrupled our webinars since this pandemic. And then we're also working on our social media platforms. Last, we're also working on trying to figure out the best way to communicate with our members. And so we just recently had our May edition of our newsletter that went out. I videotaped a message. So we're looking through different medias to present our message. And while we know that a lot of states are reopening, we know that it's also a phased approach and there's a lot of unknown. So we're really just continuing communicating and providing resources to our members in this virtual realm. Well, it sounds like you're already having quite a bit of success. You know, many of us are being inundated by requests for webinars and Zoom calls. And I'm, I'm really happy that you're seeing the level of engagement that you are seeing. That's really excellent. It, it is. And we're actually thrilled to see how well organization has been able to flex and adapt to these changes. You know, certainly a beauty about NAPABA is the in-person meetings, you know, particularly the convention and other events locally. We're kind of like a family and we love to see each other in person. So we're trying to replicate that in a more virtual format. And so far, we've been seeing some really great successes. Outstanding. Given the recent global coronavirus outbreak, the United States has observed an increase in hate crimes against members of the AAPI community. In March, NAPABA issued a call to bar associations, businesses, law firms, and other organizations to join a united legal community by rejecting hate and calling for unity. How can the legal community support and become allies to the AAPI community? So I would like to talk about that video that we did. It was called We Stand Against Hate. It was an initiative that NAPABA started um, when we saw the rise of anti-Asian discrimination and hate crimes. And we had reached out to a number of our sister and affinity bar associations, and a number of them reached out and said they would be very supportive of this effort. While it's unique to our community, I think as minority bar associations, we recognize we're more impactful when we stand in solidarity and unity. 
And so it was a great outcome. I believe we've had over 6,000 views on the video and certainly many more supporters who are signing on to the video. What's important though for us, for Napaba and for our AAPI community is that we need to make sure that everyone knows the facts. Uh, we know that coronavirus does not discriminate. And so we have been directing quite a bit of our members and others to the CDC website. We also want to recognize that while the virus itself doesn't discriminate, the impacts have been disproportional on some of the minority communities. For the AAPI community, those impacts have varied. You know, we've seen the anti-Asian hate attacks for those who are or perceived to be Chinese. But we also are seeing a disproportionate impact on the Pacific Islander community because of its the structural health disparities. It's similar to what we're seeing in the African-American and the Native American community. Um, so really what, in terms of allyship, we want to make sure we get the facts out. We also want to make sure that we're getting the information and resources um, in a way that overcomes some of the gaps that we see in our community, whether that's language gaps, trust gaps. And that's something that um, I would say as law firms, as other bar associations, lawyers are uniquely positioned to be able to bridge that gap for our community. And the last thing I would say is when it comes to these hate crimes, reporting is key. Unless you're reporting them, we're not going to have law enforcement be able to see what's happening and able to track either the numbers or also be able to investigate. And so we at Napaba have a whole webpage devoted to coronavirus. And then part of their resources is about reporting those hate crimes. Uh, what folks don't recognize is that it needs to be reported both on a local level and a federal level for it to be reported and investigated. We need to make sure that we're speaking out, particularly in the social media context, where there's a lot of things that are being said, either misinformation that continues the stereotypes that we're hearing or potential hate language, but also to speak up in terms of standing up for those who might be the subject of hate crimes or discrimination. You see this when you're walking outside, if you happen to see something at the grocery store, if you see it on social media, speak up and stand up for folks. There's an excellent training that's provided by Hollerback in conjunction with Advancing Justice. And I think that if folks can get trained on how to encounter those kind of situations and empowers them and empowers the folks who are potential victims of hate crimes. Thank you, Bonnie. We, of course, completely appreciate the importance of disseminating accurate information. So your efforts and those of the organizations are truly appreciated. As you just mentioned, many affinity bar associations, including the National Bar Association and the National LGBT Bar Association, have expressed solidarity and signed on. Could you expand on the impact that this show of unity has had? I think we know in this time of uncertainty and isolation that there's quite a bit of division. And so this video was really an act of love and um, unity. And I just couldn't be more pleased with the end result and what we're seeing in terms of the traction of this video. You know, again, this video was We Stand Against Hate. And while it was particularly important for the AAPI community, I think other organizations realized that it was a very important issue. And this just shows a continuation of the work that these bar associations have been doing. For instance, We've had a collaborative bar association for some time, and we've gotten to know the different leaders year after year. But I think with all of this, uh, the pandemic, the challenges, the uncertainty, it just rose to the next level. And this video just shows that kind of collaboration that we have amongst our different organizations. 
I will say that, you know, we know that we're not unique in facing the different challenges that come from COVID-19. And we hope to be able to do the same and stand with our other affinity bar associations should they have other issues or they want to do the same. In fact, I know that they continue to send out other press releases, um, other Twitter statements. And I can tell you internally, it, it warms our heart to know that we're not alone in this and that we have other organizations standing by us. That's really quite tremendous. Having such a show of unity is very compelling and very heartwarming. To pivot a little bit, what guidance is NAPABA providing to big law concerning maintaining a commitment to diversity, equity, and inclusion? DNI is so important, not just for big law firms. Um, we know that in these times of uncertainty, we have to look at budgets, we have to look at different priorities. And so what our message continues to be is that diversity equity and inclusion still matters. Our values don't change. In fact, even it's more important that we re reaffirm this commitment to these values. For law firms, we want, we're reaching out and just contacting them and letting them know that while all of us are going through challenges, just to be keenly aware that attorneys of color may be dealing with some additional problems and stresses. Like I was previously mentioning, folks are probably in fear of racist attacks. They're in fear of the health impacts due to systematic disparities. And so for people to be keenly aware of that, I think that's helpful. It's awareness is so critical in these challenging times. When it comes to lawyers and the legal practice, pro bono support is something that we're really pushing for, particularly with the language barrier. So if there are folks who are bilingual, can speak a different language, it's really helpful to be able to make sure we're meeting the community where they are and providing that information and that resource. Also with law firms, um, with any other company as well, recruiting for law students, I think this is even more challenging than what we saw, I think, around back in 2008, where in this situation is just unclear as to what is going to happen with the bar examination. We know that folks are cutting back on recruiting efforts. And so what we would say is just to continue those efforts and in doing so also recognize that there are a number of law students that might not have the same resources. So and looking at interviewing in a more of a non-traditional format when it comes to all this technology, just recognizing this and trying to meet those students where they are. And just as a reminder, as we, you know, we will get through this and we'll get through this hopefully together, that when we look back, we're all going to look back and to see how we handled ourselves. And we're going to want to see that, you know, we really lived into the values that we talked about and that we were committed to those. Thanks, Bonnie. That makes a lot of sense. As long as we are being true to our values, it makes our goals that much more realistic and achievable. And that's why I'm so thrilled to be part of this podcast because it's clear that diversity and inclusion and important issues that we're talking about right now is also very important to DLA Piper. And I couldn't be more pleased to be part of this podcast. Thank you. You know, the COVID crisis is creating a host of unprecedented challenges, particularly when it comes to organizing and hosting large gatherings in the future. As you mentioned, you know, the face-to-face, the in-person -face, in meetings are so crucial and so important for most of us. NAPAPA is scheduled to hold its annual convention in November in Los Angeles, the largest gathering of Asian Pacific attorneys, judges, law students, legal scholars, and elected officials from around the country. How are you managing the concerns for the safety of the organization's members? So this, that's right. These are unprecedented times. And we actually are continuing monitoring. I think I've got to imagine like anybody who's planning these events, we're monitoring the situation, which includes talking to many of our different stakeholders, 
looking at the different announcements. We're particularly following a Los Angeles mayor and seeing what they're doing within that jurisdiction. We are also working, we've created a COVID-19 task force because there's just so many different things that we need to be considering. And as part of that task force, we are also evaluating internally our budget, sponsorship, and first and foremost is the well-being of our members. That will always be the first consideration and the most important consideration as we determine what we're going to do with our convention. Currently, as it stands right now, we continue just to evaluate the situation. We are the, one of the organizations that have uh, convention the latest in the year. So we do have the luxury of time, although we still know that it's so uncertain. I don't think we'll really even have a clear idea as we get even closer to November. Part of what we're also doing is just exploring other contingencies and exploring different options. And as we do that, we are making sure that we are being as transparent and communicating, actually over-communicating, particularly to our board and then to our members when we can, once we have more information, so that there's more certainty um, as people are making their plans for this convention. I will say, though, that NAPABA is well-positioned to pivot and flex, as we've seen in our kind of communications and the way that we're reaching out to our members. So I am certain that whatever we decide, we will be making sure that we are meeting our members and still providing the value that we have been providing to our members, whether that's in person or in some other format. That makes a lot of sense. Obviously, communication is key. What advice do you have for other organizations that are currently in the well, same position? Well, that's what's position? nice is that all the other organizations that we know are in this kind of same situation. So what's important for you to remember is that you're not alone in this. And so I would say is make sure you're leveraging your resources. For us as an organization, it's been amazing to see the outpouring of support and the connections that we're making with other associations that are trying to plan their events. You know, we recognize that these big events are the ways that we fundraise. This is the way that we connect our members in person. And so we all are going through these challenging decision-making process together. And so it's helpful for us to lean on other organizations who have gone through this to think about the different things, whether it's reviewing our contracts, looking at insurance policies, um, identifying and evaluating different contingencies. And so what I would say is strength in numbers, not only probably reaching out to other organizations, but also thinking about establishing a working task force within your own organization, just to make sure that you're tapping into all of your stakeholders and thinking about all the different considerations that are in hand when you're planning such a big event. Thanks, Bonnie. I think, you know, when you started answering that question, the first thing you said was it's really important to remember that you're not alone. And that's vital to remember because right now we're all socially distancing, we're all isolated from one another, we're all separated. And it's really important to remember that we are still connected and there are other ways of connecting and we just have to make the best of what we can. Finally, May is Asian American Pacific Islander Heritage Month, an opportunity for us to pay tribute to the generations of Asian Americans who have enriched the country's history and contributed to its success. While a lot of the festivals have been canceled this year due to health and safety concerns, how do you think the public and the legal community can recognize and celebrate the accomplishments of the AAPI That's right, Suma. May is a very important month for us. Um, And typically we do that in person through those kind of community festival events. But we are finding ways that we can do that just in this virtual realm. And we're actually very excited. Quickly, May has filled up for Napaba. We are going to be uh, featuring the promotion of a documentary. It's entitled Alternative Facts. 
It's focused on the Japanese internment during World War II and the decades-long redress movement. This is actually part of the Stop Repeating History team. Two respected members of NAPABA, Don Kamaki and Dale Manami, they are highlighting this film as part of their efforts with the Stop Repeating History campaign. We are also going to be asking some of our members to share their stories about individuals who have inspired them, and we're posting those videos on our social media throughout the month. And in fact, we have a special guest who will be kicking off that social media campaign, so we're very excited about that. And then we're also having some GC panels, which is going to highlight the DNI importance of it and advice in celebration of AAPI. So we have a busy May, and we hope that we don't lose the celebration that's needed for this month and for our community. Bonnie, thank you so much for your thoughtful answers. Thank you for taking the time to participate in our podcast. It's been an absolute pleasure chatting with you today. And it's absolutely been my honor to be part of DLA Piper's DNI podcast. I'm so thrilled to see that you're continuing your efforts to promote DNI. And I look forward to opportunities that DLA Piper and the public can continue to partner.